1: is Lee Yoder. Thanks for being on the show, Lee.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure, Whitney.
1: I'm honored to have you on the show, Lee. Lee, he says no one in his family invested in anything other than a 401k before he got started in real estate. He bought his first three multifamily properties within four months of each other. And he is able to involve his family in their multifamily business and maintain his priorities, which are God, wife, kids, and his real estate investing. So Lee, grateful to have you on the show. I love that you have your priorities in place. And I want to get into that just a little bit. And obviously just the name, of your company and what that means. I just think you and I would agree on a lot of things as far as that's concerned. And I think a lot of the listeners will as well, and we'll appreciate you know your outlook on how you've been a successful because of those things, those priorities. But give us a little bit more about you and let's just jump right into that and maybe where you're located.
0: Yeah, sure. I'm in just north of Cincinnati, Ohio. Like you said, yeah, I didn't have any, really any entrepreneurs in my family that were starting business or, or investing or anything. So I didn't know I was an entrepreneur because I didn't know what that looked like. So I'm actually a physical therapist by trade. And I was actually doing home health physical therapy, which was great for the family, because it's very flexible, it's a good income, but I was just really bored. I mean, not fulfilled, not challenged. So kind of got in on the corporate side and started climbing the corporate ladder, which was very exciting for me. I was really building out our home health physical therapy division. So was getting experience building a company a little bit. So that was very exciting and very challenging and fulfilling for me not so good for the family. You know, had had a couple of young kids, my wife and I were starting our family, so not good in that way. So I actually went back to doing the home health physical therapy but involved real estate. Before this, a friend had kind of tipped me off to that. So I read the Rich Dad Poor Dad book like everybody and you know, thought and it just, you know, like a lot of people spoke to me and I started to realize like I think I'm an entrepreneur. I think I you know, I like this. Now my dad's in construction and I'd done some construction growing up, so real estate, you know, seemed kind of natural to me anyway. I like the idea of doing rehab. So yeah, I kind of jumped in and flipped the house pretty quickly, but again, wasn't able to control my time. So again, it just wasn't good for the young family. My kids were young, so they couldn't really be involved in in the flipping parts. My wife just felt like a single mother for, you know, a few months while we were trying to hustle to get it done. So yeah, Whitney, you know, like you said, I'm really focused on, I mean, real estate for me is an opportunity to, to be challenged, to build something, to build wealth, but also be able to control my time because that's the most important thing to me so that I can still pursue my walk with Christ and pursue my family and do that really well. So real estate, you know, like I said, the first flip wasn't really like that. So, you know, it's not easy to do that. Real estate doesn't make that easy. You know, when you're building something, when you're being an entrepreneur, it can get very busy and you can, you know, be consumed by it. Especially, I think a lot of people that get into it are those type of people that really enjoy work like I do and and really just want to go after it like your hair's on fire. And you got to stop and think, Hey, what's most important to me? So that's been a journey for me. That's where we came up with the name Threefold, where my wife and I, you know, intend to partner with the investors that we work with, but we also partner with God to make sure that we're keeping our priorities straight and that we remember why we're here on earth and that it's, there's a lot more to it than just, you know, building a real estate portfolio, even though as a career, that's my ultimate goal.
1: Now, I couldn't agree more, and you know just how important our walk with the Lord is, and and how He has guided us and blessed our business as well. He's been very kind, of course, but also, you know, you mentioned in your bio, like you're a a ready fire aim type of guy, and it causes you to slow down and I'll elaborate on that a little bit, because I think there's probably many listeners who are in that same boat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll just say I think it really takes two things to be a good, a successful real estate investor. And I think the first one is, Grant Cardone, I didn't read the book, not necessarily a huge fan, but he wrote the book, you know, called 10X. And I think you do have to be able to have a big vision because I would say, I don't know what you'd say, Whitney, but like maybe 95% of people have never really thought about owning more than their own house. So I do think you have to have that, be able to think big. I've got that in spade. You know, God did give me that. So I don't have a problem with that. I can, I can think pretty big and, and come up with dreams that most people would say, Lee, you have no business dreaming that, you know, it's, it's so far off. But the other thing I think you really have to have that's a real challenge for me is the compound effect, but Aaron Mm -hmm. Hardy and just staying diligent and doing the little things day after day after day that take you toward that big goal instead of the shiny object syndrome or, you know, just kind of trying to stay busy, but doing little things each day. And that's where I struggle. So where I feel like God has been working on me and he gave me a wife that struggles with the 10 X part. She thinks owning our house and and me just doing physical therapy would be great. Just stay safe, save a little bit and, you know, do that whole route. That's what her parents did. That's what my parents did. So, but she's really good about keeping the details straight. So far, I I don't have a partner in all this, but my wife has, has been my partner. But I feel like that's something God has really been working on me and just slowing down a little bit because, you know, I always tell her when we flipped the first house, it didn't go very well. If she'd have been all in like me and just, hey, let's just go, 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 I probably would have flipped 10 houses, but that wouldn't have gotten me closer to my ultimate goal of owning larger multifamily deals. So the fact that we did kind of slow down after that and go, let's take a breath, let's think about this, it caused me to not flip another house because I think you'll hear a lot of guys that flip 30 houses, then they bought some small multifamilies, and then 10 years later, maybe they realize, man, you know, the bigger multifamily stuff's where it's at and they got into that. Now I was slowing down and listening and educating myself and having my wife say, you know, that flip, here's why it wasn't that great for our family. So because of that, I didn't flip 30 houses. I flipped one, you know, realized, hey, that wasn't what I'm looking for. I'm ultimately, I'm trying to get a multifamily, so let's go that route. So it took us a year to flip the first house and move into multifamily, but we moved pretty quickly because I didn't, you know, just try to stay busy and and just do a bunch of things by flipping a bunch of houses, which I probably would have done if it weren't for my wife and and for God leading me in a different direction, slowing me down a little bit.
1: Well, I mean, a year from your flip to getting into larger multifamilies—I mean, pretty quick, I think, uh, for most people, you know. So, I think that's it's really good, you know. And it's unfortunate a lot of people are, you know, they're getting started for a long, long time. You know, it's like they say they're getting started in real estate, but it's like three years since they, you know, got started. You know, uh, getting started. So, you know, but I wanted to go back a little bit to. Unfortunately, I've heard great things about that book, but I have not read it. But it is going to have to. Going on the top of my list, uh, very soon because uh, I've heard great things. But I would love to know some of the daily things you know that changed for you after reading that book, or because I mean I have a similar story as far as you know how my habits changed and some things that happened. that like okay, you know I can start seeing success in my business, and and I give all that you know glory to the Lord. But you know it, whether it's through a book or, or whatever. But what were some of those things for you that helped you to see things that you needed to do different, and you know even if they're little things.
0: Yeah. Well, I think when I, now that I'm really trying to get into apartment syndication, I think, you know, following guys like you and Joe Fairless, you know, what I realized is to buy a big apartment building, you've got to raise a lot of capital. Okay. And a lot of things go into that, right? And it's, it's a long-term relationship you've got to have with people and you've got to build up that network and you've got to build a brand. You got to do a lot of different things like that to build up the capital. And then in order to really find good deals, you got to build a lot of relationships with brokers. You might set up a, a mailing campaign, do some things like that what I would like to do when I get up in the morning is just jump online and look at deals. That's the fun part, right? Like, so that's my natural is just, no, I'm I'm just going after the kill. I want to go look at deals. That's not the compound effect. To me, that's like the 10X thinking of like, let's go big right now and and just get after it. The compound effect to me is getting up and saying, okay, what am I doing today to build long-term relationships with some new investors? I'm starting a podcast. I build a website. That's stuff that you can do today that's really not going to pay off for months, you know, maybe years, right? To me, that's the compound effect is doing the things that say, What can I do today that's going to benefit me in a year? You know, when I jump online and look at deal, I'm trying to find something to put under contract today. And that's, you know, the deals that are available to people that want to do that aren't, aren't the best deals. And then are you going to have the capital ready? So, what I'm trying to change is when I get up to resist the temptation, just go look for deals right now, but instead do the little things to raise the capital. For those big deals and do little things to develop relationships with brokers yeah so just building out my brain it's all the little things that go into that and we get into more of that yeah you know you and i had talked that joe Fairless is he wrote a book called the best ever real estate syndication book and i i think that just lays it out
1: i got it right here (laughs) looks like you've been
0: through it a few times yeah yeah it's a little torn up (laughs) yeah that just lays it out and honestly i just i just follow that but like i said that's hard for me to follow those steps, to be diligent like that. I think if you really want to buy big multifamily properties, that's what it takes.
1: Yes. Yeah. No doubt about it. Tell me though, are are there a couple of specific things that you started to do differently or, you know, is there, was it getting up early or was it, uh, you know, okay, I'm going to make, you know, four phone calls today or were there things like that, that you said, you know, I'm going to start doing these things and then maybe it changed over time, but you know, anything like that.
0: Yeah, well here recently and again, you know, kind of going through that book, I get up early automatically. It's it's not a problem for me. It's usually 4:30 in the morning and I'm up and, and I spend some time before the kids get up just working on stuff, but like I said, the change has been what I'm doing with that time because what I really want to do is is just jump on and look at properties because that's the fun part, but what I've been doing instead is really right now it's been building my brand, again following the Joe Fairless playbook, so I've been doing a lot of work to build my website so I've got that going, and then I've been doing some work to to do a podcast so bigger pockets I think is a great tool to network and my podcast that's that's really what I've been doing as I get on there I try to answer maybe a goal of mine would be like to comment on two conversations going on on bigger pockets and then through that I'll see people that I'm like, oh, this is a person that would really fit what I'm trying to do in my podcast I'll reach out to this person I'll connect to this person and it's amazing the connections you can make if you stay diligent about that just doing a couple of those a day and people are really you know, happy to to talk to you, especially to be on a podcast and connect with you. So it's amazing how many more connections I have now that I've slowed down and, and tried to build the brand and build, you know, a network of people instead of just looking for properties and going at it on my own.
1: So that, yeah, making two posts a day, you wouldn't think, well, that's not very much. But over a month. Well, think how many connections you've made, how many people have now seen your name, your brand, uh, you know, that didn't before. That's great advice, no doubt about it, Lee. So, so let's talk about, you know, your road to that first larger multifamily deal. And then, you know, the law of that first deal and kind of what happened, you know, over those next four months, you know, you you, say you flipped a home and, you know, was your goal from the very beginning to go large multi? I couldn't remember. You did the flip, you know, what was your thought process or plan, I guess I should say, for that year?
0: Okay. Yeah. I like the idea of flipping. I still do. My dad's in construction. I like doing rehab. So the goal was always to get into multifamily, but the goal was also to flip. So yeah, once I flipped the first house, it was to build capital, but I always wanted to invest the capital in multifamily. So after that, we actually did a duplex and basically flipped that. We owned it for a few months and I did rent it out for a few months, but we sold that in under nine months. So that was basically a flip as well. And then I joined the apartment syndication focus group of the Cincinnati RIA. And just that really spoke to me. Mark Hutton runs that. You know, he was really showing us how to underwrite properties because I, I understood the, the P&L and understood a little bit, but he kind of took it to the next level of how to really underwrite properties. So I just started doing that. And I just started doing that with, with the properties that were online. You know, LoopNet, you can find some smaller stuff on Zillow. I wasn't trying to go real big. I didn't want to compete with guys like you, Whitney, yet. You know, I figured to keep it, keep it small. So, I was just looking at anything, you know, from 6, 8 to maybe up to 20 units and found a 16-unit property just 20 minutes north of where I live. It was an old school building. So, it was kind of weird. They had turned it into a, a nursing home but then turned it into apartments. So, I think that, you know, probably turned a lot of people off. It wasn't your typical. It was in a, a pretty rural area even though it was right outside of a pretty nice part of Dayton. And it had sat for a long time. It was overpriced, so I just, you know, talked to the guy running the RIA group, Mark. I mean, he kind of became a mentor of mine and started saying, you know, here, here's some deals. And so I was looking at that one, and so I just offered on it. And what I did was just I offered ninety thousand under the asking price, which is a huge drop because I mean they wanted four forty for it. I offered three fifty, but it had been sitting for a long time. So we did some negotiating, but they ended up coming all the way down to my price. So I just, you know, like they say. You, every deal is a good deal for a certain price. And that's kind of the approach I took and said, you know, if, if I can get it for this, it is a good deal because it's going to need a lot of work. But if I can get it for this, then I can make it happen. And so that's what I did. Mark helped me a lot on that one. I've been talking to some friends from church about what I was doing for years, honestly, and randomly a buddy of mine, a good friend of mine from church brought another deal that he found through a friend. It was an eight unit. And like you said, the law, of the first deal, you know, some people say when you get that first deal, Michael Blanc will say this, it's almost hard to not do the next one. Well, actually, on the day that we closed on the 16 unit, we wrote an offer on the eight unit. So on that same day, and then we end up closing on that just a couple months later. So and then follow up the next month with the 10 unit went from from nothing because I'd sold the duplex went from nothing to 34 units in, in just four months or so.
1: Congratulations, by the way, that's incredible, and and just putting yourself out there and making it happen, and you know, sounds like you, you know, not only you know you did the flip, you you knew you wanted to get into real estate, but you joined the meetup, and and ultimately you found a mentor. Sounds like through that, right? And and that's just a game changer. I can't suggest enough, or you know, that people somebody have a some kind of mentor. It doesn't have to be paid, but you know, there's lots of good paid mentors, and lots of there's lots of people that could be a great mentor that you know, aren't going to charge you anything. So. So, okay. So you got the first deal and then all of a, all of a sudden, you know, you're putting a LOI or, or offer out on another property. Tell me about your, you know, your game plan, say for the next year. You know, what's your business plan moving forward? To me,
0: buying smaller, you know, mid-sized multifamily properties is one thing. I, I've been able to do them all with LLCs, with family and friends. I'm in you know, the Midwest outside of Cincinnati. And so you know, the purchase price is not real high. So there's more deals like that available. I mean, it's still hard to find like anything right now. I mean, it's, it's still a hot market. It seems like it's still a seller's market. I'm waiting for it to <laughs> drop down a little bit. I could continue to take down those properties and they've been very profitable so far. Or, you know, do I kind of burn the ships on that and say, no, my ultimate goal is, is to go big, you know, to, to get into a hundred plus unit and stop messing around with that and say, hey, I may not buy anything for the next year, but I really want to buy those. You know, honestly, I kind of believe in what, what some guys will say is like there's steps to be financial independence. I mean, that first one for us would be for me to replace my income and cover our expenses. I think to do that, Whitney, probably the, the quickest route would be to stay on kind of the smaller multifamily stuff. So I think I do want to, you know, maybe stay kind of in the, the 16 to, to 40 unit properties and get a few more of those until I can get enough cash flow to kind of cover our expenses where I could be a little more aggressive and take some time and, and really ratchet down what I'm doing as a physical therapist or potentially even quit that and really go all in on, on the big stuff and try to become a, a true apartment syndicator.
1: Now, that's interesting. I like hearing how people justify both sides of that coin and their plan there. Tell me a little about, you know, working the W-2 job and then while making this happen you know, and I mean, I've done the same thing and, and, uh, you know, making this happen, you got the family and, uh, you know, wife at home and you're working full time, but you're able to do a flip. Then you're able to get into numerous multifamily properties to just give us a couple tips on managing that to make it happen for somebody that's getting started.
0: Yeah. Well, the real key to that, Whitney was, you know, like I said before, when I was climbing the corporate ladder, I don't feel like for me that, that would have been possible. I was putting everything into that job and, still didn't really have enough time for my family. So to add real estate in on top of that, I could have done it because I, I could work around the clock. I really enjoyed working, but my family would have really suffered. And so I'm, I'm glad I didn't. But I had a friend that you know, was, was in it and he said, you know, Lee, is there any way you could do your job from home? Could you be more flexible with your job? And there really wasn't. So that's what helped me, convince me to go back to home health physical therapy because in that case, my time is very flexible. And actually, to be honest with you, when I'm doing that, I'm not even working 40 hours a week so that's why i was able to do that i decided and i, I took a large pay cut i mean probably at least 25 percent, maybe even 30 percent pay cut but just knowing that you know i wanted to get that long-term goal now i was still able to cover my expenses so don't feel bad for me or anything but like i did take a big pay cut just knowing that i want to build long-term wealth not just make a lot of money this year so that was kind of the key and and so i, I guess that would be my advice to anybody is if if you could do your job a little bit differently. I mean, a lot of people found out maybe they can do a lot of their job from home. So maybe that helps some people out. But that was the key for me is to actually go back to home health, physical therapy, take a pay cut, but have a job where I could be more flexible and actually not work as many hours and then put those extra hours into the real estate stuff.
1: I appreciate you mentioning the pay cut and because, you know, a lot of people, they're living in a way right now that they can't afford to take a pay cut if they had to you know so i'm i'm grateful that you shared that because there was some sacrifice there right and also it shows that your you know your spouse had to be very on board you know to be able to do that and and also you know she probably had to see that long term vision of what you were seeing you know you said you kind of have the the mindset of the 10x you know where she's you know, more maybe conservative about that but still Still, she had to see that you know she obviously has to believe in you that you're gonna make it happen and and that that says a lot you know about you and just your all's relationship and I've lived it personally myself. I think it's so important, so grateful for you sharing that. Tell me a way that you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours.
0: yeah, I think what I've really done recently is like I talked about a little bit earlier, starting to try to build my brand and educate people I've started a podcast, I started a website it's taken a lot of time and, and it's been a, a financial investment, but I've already seen, you know, just a real neat opportunity to, to speak with a lot of, you know, high performers and then speak to a lot of people that, that haven't done much yet, but kind of starting to look to me, not as an expert, but as somebody that has more experience and people that might be interested in investing with me. So that's a real change because like I said, you know, the first few properties, it was just family and friends. It was just the easy low hanging fruit of people that, invest with me just because they know me and they know my work ethic and my character. But now, you know, I've started to build my list a little bit bigger where I'm now attracting some people that don't know me as well. And then I'm getting to talk with people and build a network of some people that are ahead of me. So I'm starting to get to, you know, really learn from people ahead of me and then kind of pull up some people behind me and that might partner with me. That's a real difference for me.
1: What's your best source for meeting investors right now? Probably the best thing I've done so far is
0: the Cincinnati RIA. Groups like that. Joe Fairless has one here in Cincinnati. There's one in Dayton as well. Then those meetups and then probably networking with people in bigger pockets.
1: What about the number one thing that's contributed to your success?
0: Yeah, I would say it goes back to the combination of, of having that 10x view, but sticking with the consistency. I think, you know, I, I hear so many guys say that, you know, what's the number one thing? And, and they say consistency. And I, that speaks to me because it's so hard for me. I want to do the shiny object stuff, I want to do the stuff that gives me you know, an accomplishment today. But that's what I'm really focused on. And I feel like, like I said, my, my wife's real good about helping me remind me of that. And I feel like that's something God's put on my heart and working on me. So I think it's the, you got to have a 10x view or you're not going to get into real estate anyway. But if you're not consistent, if you can't, you know, stay diligent on things, then, then you're I don't think you're going to go as far and have as much success.
1: How do you like to give back?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, we have two young kids. It's been really fun involving them. You know, I think what's neat is, you know, anytime you have kids, you want to, you know, be your best best version of yourself because you want to, you know, creating them the best version of themselves. So we've really taken them along with us as we try to get back to our residents. We did something around Christmas. So we take them with us and, and drop it off at the the doors of each resident. And then we did a little gift card, you know, just kind of trying to help people through this COVID pandemic, you know, with people maybe getting laid off or maybe not quite making as much and stuff. So just involving our kids in that and getting to see the joy that they have in it and getting to teach them, you know, the importance of of giving back and, and, you know, sharing the blessing that God's given us with others. That's been really exciting for my wife and I.
1: Lee, I'm grateful for how you give back. I'm grateful for how you gave back to us today, just being on the show. Appreciate you just elaborating on the compound effect and the changes you had to make, and how you and your wife, just the name of your business as well, and how you all involve the Lord in your business and in your life, and, and just how that's you know helped you all have success and and maybe even change your mindset about some things uh, compared to a lot of people. But you know, climbing the corporate ladder was not the best way, and wasn't good for the family, and and even having to take a pay cut, you know, to make it happen. But then how you found a mentor and getting, you know, what, what three multifamily deals in four months. So congratulations again to you and grateful for your time. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you.
0: Yeah. Uh, the best way would be just to look me up on my website. It's threefoldrei.com. You can email me at threefoldrei at gmail.com. And then I've got a podcast with me that I just started. It's the Threefold Real Estate Investing Podcast. So yeah, any of those, just if you can remember Threefold REI, you'll find me.
1: So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for
0: listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital